ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the set of the Tanya Joy Show. So happy to see you here today. We have got a great show for you today, like one that you are not going to want to miss, but one that you need to help us out with. And what I want you to do right now as we are getting started and as we're just going live, I want to ask you a favor. Please hit the share button, whatever you're watching, whether it's podcasts and you're just listening, whether it's uh, Rumble, Bless News Network, whatever it is, find the button to share and please go and put this on your social media. That's my challenge to you right now before we get started, because this is a topic everybody needs to know about. We have got to continue to get this out there. It is not going away and it's very important. Now, as we get started, here's my next question. How many of you watched, I'm sure many of you, the movie Died Suddenly? Came out back in, I believe, 2022. It showcased the reality of what these supposed vaccines are truly doing to those who have had them in their system, okay? Many of you remember those images and all of the different embalmers that were exposing things. Well, we've got Tom Haviland here with us today. He has conducted a worldwide survey of embalmers to find out if indeed these new blood clots that are being seen are actually impacting those who were vaccinated. So you're not gonna wanna miss a minute of today's show. Again, hit like, give us a thumbs up, follow if you're new to the channel, that helps the algorithms. I'm Tanya Joy and this is The Tanya Joy Show. Okay, well we weren't now, welcome back to the show. As well, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we had such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an jo- honor. Joshua, Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am doing so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because what is prayer? I'm just doing. You know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. <laughs> Me too. It's like- and that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You said it right. Good job. Perfect. All right. The Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's time to rise. These people that get higher up. How sometimes I've thought. These are glory days and not gloomy days. Like I love that. <laughs> you know, and it, it kind of works. Awesome about the tour is people like you. Good. I love the applause. That's cool. There we go. Thank Hi, Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. Are you ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. Hey, friends. You already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life, and we'll auto-ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses, and a monthly call with us filled with practical, 
inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are so excited. We've got Tom Haviland here. He's a retired U.S. Air Force major who spent 36 years working in and with the Air Force as an electrical engineer. Tom's career came to an abrupt halt in October of 2021 when he refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Unfortunately, many of us dealt with that, right? That led Tom, though, on an amazing journey resulting in the creation of not one, but two worldwide embalmer blood clot surveys, whose results are both shocking and disturbing. His two worldwide embalmer blood clot surveys show that embalmers are seeing unusual clots in a high percentage of their corpses ever since the COVID-19 vaccines have rolled out. So you're not going to want to miss today's show. Let's bring Tom on in. Hi, Tom. How are you today? Hi, Tanya. Thank you for having me on the show to talk about this very important topic that unfortunately is still happening. The embalmers are still seeing it. Absolutely. This is, um, as I mentioned to you backstage, I mean, my my grandparents, unfortunately, both passed away after having the vaccine. This is personal to so many millions of people in our nation and around the world. So I'm just so grateful that you even did this, that you figured out to do this, that you even thought to do it. Before we dive into this, though, how did you get to this point? Other than, I mean, I get it. I was also, I lost my job because of similar types of things. So, but what made you go from that into even considering this? Like, I just am kind of curious how that all came together. Well, as I, you said earlier, I was forced into early retirement when I refused to take the vaccine. Fortunately for me, I already have a retired Air Force major salary coming in. And I was only one year away from starting Social Security early at 62. Oh, nice. Okay. So I was more fortunate than most people. I could tell them to go take a flying leap. I'm not taking that vaccine. Yeah. But uh, in as you mentioned, uh, in the fall of 2022, the week of Thanksgiving, that movie Died Suddenly came out. And I said, ah, I think I'll watch this thing. And as your viewers may know, it's an hour-long documentary. And about half the movie is devoted to these six or seven embalmers that said they were seeing these strange white fibrous clots in their corpses. So... I started watching the movie. I almost didn't watch it, Tanya, because when it started, it had like Bigfoot and the moon landing. And I know there's some inaccuracy. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of crazy. But, you know, I said, I'll stick with it. And I'm glad that I did. Because at the 13 minute and 15 second mark, an amazing statement was made. An embalmer from the state of Indiana, a Mr. Wallace Hooker, was lecturing at an Ohio Embalmers Association conference in Columbus, Ohio, on the 26th of October in 2022. And he was lecturing to a room full of about 100 embalmers. And he showed him photographs of these white fibrous clots that he'd been pulling out of his corpses for the last couple of years. And he said, by a show of hands, can you tell me how many of you are seeing these same strange white fibrous clots? Tanya, he said, almost the entire room of 100 embalmers raised their hands, yes. He then asked him, well, when did you start seeing these clots? <clears throat> and they all agreed it was in the middle of 2021, about six months after the wow. vaccines rolled out. So whatever else happened in that movie, and I know there were some inaccuracies in that movie, but that statement was amazing, right? It was either true or false. Either those embalmers raised their hands or they didn't. Right. So I went to bed that night. I watched it the night it premiered, Monday of the week of Thanksgiving. I got the very next day, Tuesday, and I said to myself, you know, I don't think any reporter is going to chase after this story. So I decided myself, I'll, I'll call the Ohio Embalmers Association. They're located in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I did so. I talked to their president, a Mr. Dan Becker, their vice president, a Mr. Woody Wilson, and their secretary, a Mr. David Hicks. 
And I asked all three gentlemen, hey, did you happen to be in the room at the time those 100 embalmers supposedly raised their hands? Well, none of the three of them happened to be in the room at the time. Okay. However, the vice president, Mr. Woody Wilson, who runs his own funeral home up in Marysville, Ohio, about an hour north of where I live in Dayton, and he does his own embalming. A lot of funeral directors do their own embalming. Woody said to me, Tom, I'm seeing the white fibrous clots too. So I said, wow, I now have an official officer, the vice president of the Ohio Embalmers Association, corroborating what these six or seven embalmers in this suddenly movie said they're seeing. So right there and then I decided, hey, I need to do a survey, a nationwide survey, which then I later uh, transformed into a worldwide survey to see just how large this phenomenon was. So that led me to the creation of these two worldwide embalmer blood clot surveys, one that I conducted a year ago, and then one that just f finished up three weeks ago. So wow! Yeah, and I will, wow. Now the date, the the um, slides that we're going to show is that that's from the original survey, correct? Now, the one we're going to show are from the most current survey. Oh, the from first the most survey, yeah, yeah, the most current survey. The first survey I did basically, uh, Tanya had three main conclusions out of it. We had 179 embalmers respond from around the world to that first survey. And of those, 66%, 119 of those embalmers, almost two-thirds exactly, said they were, indeed they were seeing these same white fibrous clots that the embalmers and died suddenly said they were seeing. By the way, for your audience, here's a sample of the clots. This was given to me by Mr. Richard Hirschman, who's one of the embalmers in the Died Suddenly movie. So that's what they look like. Nasty and so ultimately, ultimately that would have been, and not to be graphic to people that are watching, but the, would those have been red when they first came out of the body or were they white like that? Like that's how it came out. Like They come out uh, usually covered with a little bit of blood on them. So okay. you, when you see them a lot of times in some of the photos you'll see, you'll see them looking kind of pink or covered okay. with a little blood. But when they're washed off, then they turn white. So yeah. ultimately somebody's veins, that person, their veins were covered that <laughs> there are that was yeah sorry artery so that would have been throughout their system inside inside their veins or arteries blocking obviously blood flow from from going on so that's not a yeah. good situation so as i said 66% of the embalmers in that very first survey i did a year ago said they were seeing these white fibrous clots uh the, the main consensus of those embalmers was that they started seeing them in the year 2021 after the vaccines rolled out and they and had then, never seen them before, something like this. That's correct. These embalmers have been evolving for 20 or 30 years, Tanya, never seen this phenomenon before. So it's really alarming. And here's the scary part. Maybe the most shocking result of all is many of these embalmers were seeing these clots in up to 50% or more of their corpses. The average was 30% of their corpses containing these white fibrous clots in the survey that I did last year. So it's not a rare phenomenon. These things are prevalent and embalmers are finding them in their corpses. So, I mean, I remember seeing the video, you know, I think it was probably from that movie where, you know, you see them doing like the process of finding them and being like, what the heck is this? You know, and then like it not, it, you know, it being stuck ultimately in the person's arteries or whatever. I mean, that's crazy. And I wonder, have they ever, and maybe it's in, in the survey, have they like, I'm always curious, at what point does that start? You know, like, when did that start in the body and how long kind of is that process from which those start to when, like, because ultimately that's what would kill these people, I would assume. Well, yeah, and there's some good speculation, and I kind of agree with this. 
And it may take up to six months, maybe all the way to 18 months for these clots to get to the size where they totally block a vein or artery and then cause a stroke or a heart attack. And that makes some sense because uh, Mr. Richard Hirschman was one of the first to start noticing the clots. And he saw them in May or June of 2021 about, and remember the vaccines rolled out pretty much in January of that year. Yeah. So if, if the vaccines are indeed causing this phenomenon, then, you know, it took like five or six months for yeah. them to form to the point where they caused a stroke or heart attack. And then Mr. Hirschman started seeing them in his corpses. Now, the fact that we're still seeing them even three years after uh, or two years after most people took their last jabs, because most people took their last vaccines back in way back in 2021. You know, yeah. most Americans passed on the bivalent Omicron booster in fall yes. of 2022. Only 20 percent took that. And even less, I think only 15 percent of Americans took the latest XBB 1.5 booster that came out last fall of 2023. But, and yet. But, but the embalmers, like I said, are still finding them in their corpses. So this is not a phenomenon that's going away, unfortunately. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So it doesn't well, mean doesn't mean that just because it hasn't happened, it's not going to continuously increase. Right. But yes, but but we've seen we did. You'll see in the results that we see a slight decrease this year. So, oh, really? Then, OK. Yeah. Yes. So we'll go into those results. If you want to start looking at them, we can look at those yeah, results. Yeah, let's right do now. it. Let's do it. Yep. So this year's survey I conducted, I started on the 8th of December, Tanya, and conducted it until the 8th of January. So we ran it for a full month. And what I do is I send out an email on the very first day to the world. I basically, I used a two-prong approach on both surveys, Tanya. I sent it to 50 national, regional, and state funeral director associations each with hundreds of members underneath them, you know, funeral directors and embalmers. And then I also used a bottom-up approach. I, I also looked up the, the uh, email addresses for over 1,700 funeral homes around the world, Tanya, and I sent the survey to them directly. What we do is we send an email and it has a link to a survey monkey sur uh, uh, uh -huh. survey in it. And it's really easy to take. It's only like it takes three minutes long. And it, the first uh, survey had seven questions. The last one had uh, 12 questions to it. And uh, it only takes about three or four minutes to take. And I tried to make the surveys as unbiased as possible. For example, here in the United States, I, I sent it to as many blue states as I did red states. You know, I sent uh -huh. it to states like Texas, Ohio, and Florida. But then I also sent the survey to California, Illinois, New York, and Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, another, another thing I did to make it unbiased is nowhere in the surveys, in neither the instructions nor in the survey questions themselves, do I ever mention the words COVID or COVID vaccine. You'll see as we go through these questions. Yeah, all I ask wow. the embalmers are, what did I you see? see? Mm -hmm. When did you see it? And how much are you seeing, you know, and what percentage of your corpses? Because they're not qualified to say why or how the clots are forming. They're just sure. involved. Your job yeah, is to get the, you know, the body ready for a funeral, right? So that's what you'll see as we go through these questions. So the first thing we asked the embalmers this year was, um, well, how experienced are you? And as you can see there, there's a long bar there of over 20 years. So a lot of these uh, embalmers have been embalming for a long time. And that's a good thing, right? Because they know yeah. what the blood look like prior to the years of COVID and the vaccines, you know, 2019 and prior. Exactly. 20 years. I mean, that's a really yes. good. Yeah, yeah. The average is 15 years. They also know what the blood looked like in the year 2020, which was a year that we had COVID, but no vaccines yet. And then right. of course they know what the bloods look like since then, since 2021 forward, when we had both COVID virus and the vaccines. Wow. We then asked them, well, how many bodies do you embalm per year? 
And as you see there, if you average them all together, you get about 100 courses per year, which is good. That's like two a week. Some of the embalmers, like Mr. Richard Hirschman, who I'm in contact with, he's one of the embalmers that died suddenly movie. Richard's, uh, he embalms sometimes two or three bodies a day, Tanya. He's a trade embalmer. He actually works, has contracts with about 12 different funeral homes in the uh, southern Alabama area in which he works. And gotcha. so he, he does hundreds of bodies a year. So he, he'd probably be answering that, that last bar there, that 33 embalmers. He'd be off this chart. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you know, the, the point there was that the embalmers, they know what they're seeing, right? They, they, yes. they handle bodies on a regular basis. So of course this year we asked him again, uh, did you see the white fibers clots in 2023? And look at that result, Tanya, 197 out of the 269 embalmers that responded to this year's survey are still seeing these white fibers clots in 2023, about the same percentage that saw them in 2022. Wow. Yeah. The next natural uh, uh, question we're going to ask, if you go to the next slide, is, okay, well, what percentage of your corpses in 2023 had these white fibrous clots? And as you can see there, the average was about 20% of their corpses. Okay. That's including the 63 embalmers there in the green bar that said they didn't see it at all. So if you average, average that in with the rest of the bars, you get about 20% of their corpses in 2023. Now, the good news is, is that's down a little bit from our last year's survey, from 30%, okay. which might make sense to you, right? Because as we mentioned earlier, as people get further and further away from their last jabs, and most people had their last jabs back in 2021, uh -huh. you might expect to see the percentage of white fibrous clots go down as you sure. get further and further away from those jabs, if they are indeed the cause of it. But if you look over there to the left, you can see, there were, what, 48 embalmers that said they saw the white fibrous clots between 21 to 40% of their corpses. Another 29 embalmers that said they saw them between 41 to 60% of their corpses. And even 11 embalmers that said they're seeing them between 61 to 80% of their corpses. And as we mentioned earlier, this is a phenomenon. These embalmers have been embalmed for 20 or 30 years. They've never seen these things before until the years of COVID and the vaccine. I was going to say that note that they have 0% prior yeah. to COVID is crazy. Yeah. I, what's interesting is in our first survey, uh, we asked them uh, exactly when you started seeing them by year. And there were 44 embalmers that said they did start seeing these clots in the year 2020, which was the year we had uh, COVID, COVID but no vaccines itself. yet. So that makes sense because you know the the there's a spike protein on the virus itself. Yes. And we believe mm -hmm. that spike protein is leading to the formation of what's called these amyloid, A-M-Y-L-O-I-D, misshaped or misfolded proteins that then become hard for our bodies to break down. We all have a so natural enzyme called plasmin. Mm -hmm. And that, that enzyme it can break down normal clotting when it occurs in the body. But if the clot's misshapenly folded, it becomes difficult for that enzyme plasmin to attach. So then the clots tend to persist. But what we think happened in 2021, Tanya, with the advent of the vaccines, is that effect got supercharged. Because if you remember, the shot was supposed to stay in your upper arm, in your deltoid muscle, yeah. yep. and produce just enough of the spike protein to elicit an immune response for just a couple of days to a week. And then yeah. its job would be done, it'd leave your body and have you ready for COVID. But yeah. we now know that's not what happened at all. That no. shot goes all over your body, turning your whole body into a spike protein factory, and it can do that for months as opposed to just a few days to a week. So the scientists that I've talked to believe that it has supercharged the effect of the formation of these white fibrous clots that then you know grow large enough to stroke you out or give you a heart attack. It's crazy. So, I know. It's not good. Not a good situation. Uh, if you go to the next slide, 
Embalmers, yeah, they also talked to me this year and said, hey, Tom, we're also seeing a, a, a something called microclotting, but the yeah, embalmers, they don't, call it, they don't call it that. They okay. actually see it as what looks like coffee grounds or dirty blood in the drainage coming off the corpse. Oh, so, so I did they show that? No, they must not have. Did they show that in the in the movie? I, I feel yeah, like I, I think Richard Hirschman did. I, I think they showed some water and draining off the stainless steel table. Yes, and it had those little, little and it looked like coffee dark, grounds. Coffee grounds, right? Yes. yes. So you know what it looks like. I remember that. Yeah. So we asked them uh, this year. We said, "Hey, are you seeing this phenomenon in 2023?" And look at the results there, Tanya. 212 of the 269 embalmers that responded, 79% are seeing these this, uh, these coffee grounds or this microclotting in their corpses. It's, and yeah. what would have they so that microclotting would that be enough to cause? I guess it could cause stroke. It, it could be just as dangerous as the white fibrous clots, Tanya, because what happens is is the microclotting occurs at the capillary level, your very small blood vessels. And it can block oh. the exchange of oxygen at the lungs and then the carrying of that oxygen to all the major organs of your body, including your brain, you know, places like your eyes, which have very small capillaries. You know, you wonder why people are experiencing brain fog. Well, maybe they're not getting enough oxygen to the brain, you know? Wow. So this, yeah. If you look at the next slide, of course, our next uh, uh, natural question is, okay, what percentage of your corpses are having this microclotting that you're seeing, these coffee grounds? Mm -hmm. And- you can see it's an average of 26% of corpses. So almost, you know, one out of every four corpses has this microclotting issue. Again, you can see over the left, some of the embalmers, you know, 58 embalmers said they're seeing the microclotting in 21 to 40% of their corpses. Yeah. Another 32 embalmers are seeing it in between 41 to 60% of their corpses. There's even 16 there that said they're seeing it between 61 to 80% of their corpses. And this is a phenomenon they used to see very rarely prior to COVID or the vaccines. Uh, one of the embalmers commented to me that uh, he said he saw it in chemotherapy patients that had a heavy oh, chemo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a rare phenomenon. But now, as you see, we've had like a quintupling, right? A five, five times as many corpses showing up with this, this phenomenon. So it's, a, it's not a good situation. No. So uh, the next question is, we... Uh, had asked the embalmers last year about great jelly clots because uh, embalmers, by the way, before this whole thing kicked off with the white fibrous clots and the microclotting, embalmers had seen for years two main types of clots. Okay. They're called great jelly clots, and that's exactly what they look like, dark grape jelly, and they dissolve easily in your hand, just like grape jelly. Okay. And, and last year when we did the survey, uh, some of the embalmers were telling us, hey, I've seen an increase in those and also an increase in their viscosity. They got thicker, more like grape jam. Okay. So we asked them questions about that last year, and then we also um, asked. So that them, would be that would be almost like the way that the body would have clotted, but now those clots themselves are getting thicker and yes, more yes, wow. right. So they're 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 a problem too. Sure. And then uh, the other type of clot that embalmers have historically seen are called chicken fat clots, and they're yellowish in color. Uh, okay. They're they're smaller and they tear very easily. Uh -huh. So they're much different than these long, large, white, fibrous clots that are much yep. tougher, you know, rubbery and, yeah. and hard to break. So uh, we made sure that distinction was made uh, in our survey instructions. So a lot of them have seen this. A lot of the, I mean, that's. Yes, they've seen grape jelly clots. Yes. So there was 40% of the corpses this year contained the grape jelly clots. If you go to the next slide, you'll see how many. 
we asked, well, okay, in the years, you notice I, I never mentioned COVID or the vaccine. Yeah. I just said, in, including the year prior prior to 2019, how many, you know, what percentage of your corpses had these clots? And you can see the year the average was still pretty good. It was 30%. Mm-hmm. But you know, we, there's been an increase, right, in the yeah. year 2023 over the years prior to COVID and the vaccines of about 10% of the corpses more having these grape jelly clots now and those being thicker. So that's not a good situation either. No. I mean, because that still is going to lead to more death, more strokes, more. Right. Uh, and, and and remember, the embalmers, are, sometimes they're finding a combination of all three of these in their corpses. You know, yeah. They, the white fibers clots, the microclotting, and the grape jelly clots. Which is horrible, right. I mean, yeah. that's so the they can find one, of, you know, or any combination of the three in their corpses these days. So, in fact, Mr. Richard Hirschman from the Died Suddenly, he says, yeah. Tom, it used to be when I, prior to COVID and the vaccines, about 85% of the corpses that I embalmed would have very normal looking blood. And only about 15% would have what I would call abnormal looking blood. He said it's been a total flip since then, Tom. Wow. Now 85% of the corpses that he embalms have oh, unusual looking blood and only 15% have normal looking blood. So this is not, yeah, it's not good. And can you imagine, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think about this someday, this will, people will look back and the, the truth will fully be out and the majority of people will accept it because that's just the way it eventually works. And the people that will look back and go, oh my gosh, look at what they've done. Look what they did to the Amer- to, to all people, not just the American people, all people. Look what they did. Tanya, there's, there's, eight billion, there's 8 billion people on this planet and five and a half billion people have taken at least one jab. About two thirds of our world population has taken at least one one of these jabs. In fact, a total of I think 13 billion with a B doses have been administered uh, during the last you know three years since the vaccines came out. So it's not wow. good. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And this yeah. is um, let's go over this slide, and then we're going to take a break and come back because I want to talk about this because this to me is this is crazy. Yeah, this is really sad. This is we asked yeah. the, the embalmers were mentioning, hey, I've been seeing an increase in infant deaths as well. I guess the good news here is the is the no bars longer. Only yes. about 20% of the embalmers said they saw this phenomenon. But there may be um, a good explanation as to why the others didn't see it. Some of the embalmers have told me that uh, there there seems to be a lot more cremations of infants these days. And if that's occurring, of course, and if there's any problem with the infant, and that evidence is being destroyed, right? in a cremation. Also, the embalmers have told me that some of the hospitals have changed their policies and they're actually offering more now to dispose of the remains of the infant for the couple if they lose the baby in the hospital. So again, the embalmers would not see that if the, if the hospital is handling the body, but uh, if you go to the next, and do do those people, um, the one, the, the embalmers who like, have they seen a decrease in the number of infant, um, embalmings as like, you know what I mean? Have they, is there documented proof to show that, yeah, that there are actually less babies coming in as well? I don't know if anybody's actually done real tallies of that because it's probably very, it's probably very unique to each embalmer. 
Okay. For example, a lot of embalmers, they work at funeral homes that charge a couple for a burial of an infant. Right. I've seen Others that. do not. Others do it for free out of compassion for the grieving parents. You know, right. this is a horrible thing that's happened. So embalmers that work at those funeral uh, homes will probably see more infants than the ones that actually charge, right? Because if you're going to go someplace, you'll probably go to the one that will do it for free. Right. So, and even so, just, I mean, I think I've, I've actually got a story of somebody that I know whose infant died and they believe the, the hospital actually um, gave the baby someone else's breast milk against the mother's. She had it in writing and specifically said, no, do not. I don't, you know, I specifically don't want no, any no. specifically no. breast milk of vaccinated. Like I want my baby with me. And they found out that that baby actually had breast milk from a vaccinated woman and that poor sweet baby died. Uh, this is insane. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to go back to this. Um, uh, this is just, Wow. Insane. So hang tight. Just a second, Tom. Y'all, thank you so much for sticking around. Again, I'm going to ask you, please hit share right now on this show. We're going to have a quick commercial break with some of our sponsors. Um, you, as you know, I work with, I think, the best gold and silver guy, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Um, but I also am working with some amazing health and wellness companies. And for those of you that have followed the show, you know, I do not just do that. Like we really, it's it's a very small break that we get, right? This is really, we are working with companies that we love that we know are going to bring you, the viewer, a benefit by working with them. That's why I do it. Um, so, you know, the, the people that I, I have commercials for, it's because I believe in what they're doing and it's because I've used their products and I'm seeing a difference. And when I see a difference, I want to tell everybody because why wouldn't we want to help each other out like that? So anyway, hang tight. We will be back in just a moment. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. As our audience knows, uh, we don't do it. We don't promote anything unless it works. I fell off a ladder, fell down on, a, on my leg, opened it up, and there was great pain in it. So I, I, I used the patch and immediately it went away. No pain. By scientific research and rigorous lab testing, even people who have suffered for decades are getting amazing results. We now have hundreds of testimonials for pain relief, allergy relief, anti-anxiety, brain boost, keto boost, and many other solutions, all with zero drugs and no side effects. Quantum is simply about two things. One, intentions, as a man thinketh, so he is. And two, renewing your mind with the word of God. This unique yet potent multi-sensory approach is powerful, and it works. The patch provides the touch, and the included prayer guide uses your sight, speech, and hearing to utilize the senses God gave you. 
That's the quantum effect. Are you ready to experience the quantum effect? Go to QEstrong.com and use code B4A at checkout. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, For those of you that are new, you can find out more about me, more about the show and other things that I'm involved in over at the website, tanyajoy.tv. And wherever you're watching, again, please hit the like button, follow, subscribe. It just helps with the algorithms. And again, please share this show. This is just unbelievable information. All right. Let's bring Tom back on in. Um, As we were saying before the break about the infant death, you know, the thing that I noticed, this is why I asked about if they had any statistics on if that number came of babies coming in was less. I remember during 21, 21, and then even into 2022, you don't see babies as much. Like I remember seeing a lot of women, you know, certain times of the year, you're seeing them with their baby seats coming into the stores that is, I personally see that a lot less. I have known more women who've lost babies. I've known, you know, more stories of yet another mom who's pregnant who now lost her baby. So that's why I was curious because it really seems like I I almost, I know maybe this is out of line, but I would suggest that those vaccines led to a lot of uh miscarriage as well, which I believe there is data out there. I don't know it, so I'm not going to quote it, but you know, I think that they almost got, they tried to end the pregnancies before it even got to that point, if that makes sense. I'm suspicious of it too, Tanya. I, 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 I'm like you, I don't see a whole lot of babies these days like we used to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you look at the, and by the way, what you said earlier about the breast milk was right on because they have found the spike protein from the vaccine in the breast milk being passed from mothers to infants. Yeah. And I believe they've also found the spike protein from the vaccine in the delivered placentas yes. after as the child. So, you know, this is very unfortunate, right? If the if the uh, spike protein is getting through from the mother to the infant, this can be disastrous. So obviously then we asked the embalmers, uh, what percentage of your uh, increase did you see in infant deaths in 2023 when you compare it to the years uh, before COVID and the vaccines? And if you do not ex- include the blue bar there, just so if you just include the yellow bar on down, for those that saw this phenomenon, the 20% of embalmers who saw it, they saw an increase of about 25% in infant deaths in 2023 compared to the pre-COVID years. So that wow. that's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. yeah. Very, I mean, um, just death, the death level alone over the last four years is insane. But then when you think about the babies, it's just like horrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. The last question we asked on this year's survey, Tanya, was um, we wanted to get a little information about age stratification, whether the, you know, the, white fibrous clots and the microclotting, et cetera, were happening in one particular age group more than another. And from the responses of the embalmers, not too surprising there, you see longer bars in the older age groups. You know, you usually associate, uh, you know, people 66 to 80 years old with having problems with plaque and stuff like that. Sure. But still, they're saying that they're seeing more uh, clotting, of, you know, grape jelly clots, white fibrous clots, and these microclotting than normal in those yeah. age groups. The bar that really concerns me a lot there, Tanya, is the 36 to 50 year old bar. That's a pretty long bar. 89 embalmers saw that. And you usually don't associate that age group with mm-hmm. having strokes and heart attacks. You know, usually right. people don't start experiencing that until their late 50s, early 60s at the earliest. So, and this, what's interesting about this, Tanya, is it dovetails very closely with the insurance data that Edward Dowd's been collecting for the last few years. 
he's seen a tremendous rise since 2021 in death and disability in that age group of 36 to 50 year olds. So yeah, my information I'm collecting from the embalmers dovetails very closely with what he's seeing from a totally different approach, right? From the insurance industry. Which is very interesting because they pushed, well, I mean, they pushed it right kind of on that age group. You got to get vaccinated to protect your grandparents, Mm -hmm. to protect your older people, which is so odd because we know like you never get a vaccine to protect the other people. You get it to protect yourself. Like, you know, never in the history of vaccines has it been get the flu shot so that your friends don't get the flu. No, you get the flu because you don't want to have bad flu or whatever. That's what the mindset behind it. And yet now all of a sudden we see this major shift. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know, when the uh, insurance data started to explode, Tanya, in the mm-hmm. third quarter of 2021, when the Joe Biden was putting out the mandates for the military, the government yeah. defense contractors, recall that he also tried to put the mandates out for the vaccine on any company with more than 100 employees. Oh, I know. That's when I lost my job. And although the Supreme yeah. Court eventually shot that down, many People companies already did it. Many companies preemptively told their employees they had to get the shots. Exactly. Well, my company did. And, and my company, I was trying to submit a... a um, Religious exemption. And it, well, I had both religious and uh, medical because I already have issues with my blood. And I had, I, well, I already was never going to take it to begin with. But when the data started coming out, it was already talking about it could lower your white blood cells. Well, I already have an issue with my white blood cells. Yeah. And I thought there's no way this, there's no way I would ever do this. Even if I didn't see the reality of it, right. I would never have done it. But um, it was the same. I was the only person on the whole team that was not, that would not submit it. And the only one fired. So That's, well, you know what? You're alive and you would have been a prime candidate for what's called thrombocytopenia, right? Which is, it, I would have. Yeah, blood clot formation with low platelet count. Exactly. exactly. And that actually runs in my family. My mom dealt with that as a child, just a random thrombocytopenia type thing. And it's exactly, I flat out told my doctor actually, because he was asking for a while at the beginning, are you going to get, you know, have you gotten it? And I said, are you kidding? No, I'm not going to get it. Have you looked at any of the information? Why would I get that? And, um, you know, I think he just had to. Well, the funny thing is now after all these years, a couple of years, now I've talked to him about it and he, I can tell his mindset has changed about it. And he's a he's a doctor that deals only with cancer patients. And so he's a hematology cancer doctor and he has talked about even his own family with it. So it's been very interesting to listen to the doctors even how some of them have started to shift on how they view this vaccine. Anyway, yeah. so the, the conclusions basically, we'll just recap them real quickly. Again, the in 2023, the white fibrous clots are still an issue. Embalmers uh, with 20 or 30 years of experience have never seen these before, but now over 70% of the embalmers are seeing these in an average of 20% of their corpses still in 2023. Wow. Microclotting is still an issue as well. Pre-COVID and the jab, it was less than 5% of corpses contained this microclotting. Now it's uh, close to eight, 80% of embalmers are seeing this phenomenon in about 25% of their corpses. Grape jelly clots are also up from 30% to now 40% in the corpses. Uh, about 20% of the embalmers, as we mentioned earlier, are seeing an increase in infant deaths as well. And that increase is about 25% in 2023 compared to the pre-COVID and jab years. 
Embalmers were also seeing an increase in overall clotting in all age groups, particularly those in ages 36 years old and up. And of course, my last uh, thing is is uh, a plea to the FDA and the CDC that they should investigate this immediately, yep. and, you know, including the possible link to the COVID vaccines. Tanya, last year when I had the results of the survey done, I submitted them to the FDA and CDC mm-hmm. in uh, January of last year in time for their vaccine and related biological products advisory committee meeting on the 26th of January. Mm-hmm. I asked to speak at that meeting, didn't get a chance to speak at it, but I did submit my information in written format. I did, I did get a tracking number from the FDA last January, but wow. they didn't contact all year long. They never contacted me, didn't do a thing with the information. So when I had the uh, survey just done three weeks ago in the second survey, I wrapped it up on the 8th of January, the very next day on the 9th of January, I sent an email to them again with all the survey results, the presentation that you just watched, and all the supporting documentation that I had for it to the FDA, CDC, and NIH again, asking them to look mm-hmm. at this. But I'm not going to hold my breath, Tanya. I also, right. by the way, I, I, I CC some of our favorite people that I call on our side of the issue, like Steve yeah. Kirsch from the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, yeah. uh, Dr. Joe Latipo, the Surgeon General for Florida, um, Andrew Bridgen, the Member of Parliament who stands over in the chamber all by himself over in the UK talking about vaccine yeah. injury. These people all have my information. RFK Jr. has my information. So And they're not they, reaching they, out to you either? Uh They've reached out to me. They've reached out. I was going to say, some of them, they talk about this. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Yeah. RFK Jr. uh, uh, took my information and and they wrote up a very nice article about my survey results in their um, Children's Health Defense uh, publication, The Defender. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I submitted the information to her. She used it a couple of weeks ago when she had uh, Kurt Milhoun, Peter McCullough, and Dr. Ryan Cole testify before her and Senator Ron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, about vaccine injury. And she one of the very first questions she asked was about the white fibrous clots. Hey, are these embalmers? Is that really true? And Dr. Ryan Cole, he put her straight. He, he said, oh yeah, this is real. This is happening. Yeah. So, I want to show another, this picture of this because this is... Yeah, that's the picture that we had on the survey. At the very top of the survey, above question one, was the, a photograph uh, on a stainless steel table right. there. Uh, yeah, and you see that, that clot is six inches long and has a tributary about three inches long coming off of it, like a big letter Y. So yep. it's, what's interesting at the, at the end of the survey, Tanya, we ele- we had in both surveys, we had an optional comments box that the embalmers, uh-huh. they could write down more information about what they're seeing in the embalming room if they wanted to. It was yep. optional. And remember, as I said earlier, in no questions or in the survey instructions, do I ever mention the words COVID or vaccine? Right. Yet the embalmers had quite a few comments uh, uh, talking about either implicating the vaccines as the cause of the clots or defending the vaccines as not responsible at all for these clots, even though I never mentioned the survey. Yeah. So some of them them responded to the survey, but then would make a point to go, even though we never saw it before, this is not from that. Like as if they, that's funny. (laughs) Well, good for them for filling it out, I guess, but that's kind of funny. Let me read a couple of them to you, okay? Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Here's one from the state of Ohio. I found it interesting after the COVID-19 shots were administered, the increase of the white fibrous clots increased significantly. You can definitely tell who took the shots versus who did not. I refuse to call it a vaccine since it does not prevent transmission or spread of the virus. 
Good for him. Yeah. Here's a guy with an opposite opinion from Pennsylvania. As an embalmer for over 20 years, these type of clots have always existed. This topic is politically inclined, in my opinion. COVID is real. The vaccine is necessary. This all needs to stop. <laughs> so, How funny is that? <laughs> yeah. What's interesting is the naysayers now, can't even get their uh, get their story straight because I've had comments from the embalmers that said they've always seen the clots. And I've had embalmers say they've never seen the clots. Right. So, and and I hope that the ones that said, oh, these have always been around. Now, when you got the done with the results, did you send them back to everyone who filled it out, too, I imagine? I sent it back to the uh, 50 national, regional and state funeral director associations. Because I wanted them to see the results, right? Right. And I, and I actually wanted to shame them a little bit because yeah. I had very few responses from, from a lot of these organizations. Right. So I wanted them to see, because let me tell you this story now, since we're at this point, when I sent out the survey on the 8th of December, I sent it out to the world. And um, after about five days, I had very few responses, 14 responses to the survey. So I said, what's going on here? I, I, I need more responses than that. Yeah. So then I decided uh, to call the 50 state or actually the 30 that are in the United States. I have the telephone numbers for the mm -hmm. I sent it out to 30 uh, state funeral director associations here in the U.S. I chose the 30 most populated states and sent mm -hmm. it to their funeral director associations. So I call them all on the phone in one day and I talk to either their president or our secretary or somebody else in their office. Mm -hmm. I asked it, hey, could you please forward out that survey that I sent to you about a week or so ago? and uh, God bless the Pennsylvania Funeral Directors Association. They did exactly as I asked. They, yeah, they forwarded it out. And the reason I know that, Tanya, is the very next day I got up and I checked my survey monkey, monkey collectors. I had 93 responses from embalmers, and they were all from one state, Pennsylvania. Wow. I then got up the next morning and I had 32 more responses from embalmers, and they were all from one state, Pennsylvania. So in two days, I got 125 responses from embalmers in a single state, the state of Pennsylvania. That's and it to that told me two things. By, by the way, the re responses, about 70% of them said they were seeing the clots and about 30% said they weren't. So it wasn't like I was getting crop. You know, they, they had differences of opinion of yeah. the 128, uh, 125 responses I got. But it told me two things. First of all, it told me that embalmers, they do want to tell you what they're seeing in the embalming room if if they feel like they have the permission of their funeral director boss or their state funeral director association. Interesting. But, remember, but it also told me something else. Remember, because I sent it to 29 other funeral mm -hmm. state association presidents. What do you think they did with my email? They probably deleted oh. it. it. It mm -hmm. probably never got to the embalmers. Exactly. Right? So it tells have me there's had, suppression going on. Have you had, since this has come out, embalmers reach out directly to you to say, we want to take this next time, or we want to be on this or whatever, or we want to share our thoughts. Maybe they did miss that first round. Have you had I've that? I've had a couple of embalmers that have asked me after I closed the survey, if they could take it. Yeah. Right. So I, unfortunately I closed the survey, but that's sure. what you're going to do it also, again, right? Uh, I could, but right now I think the results I have are solid. Yeah. And remember I did send it out in, in using a two-prong approach. Instead of just, just sending it down through the association presidents, I also sent it directly to mm -hmm. uh, over you know, 1,700 fewer homes around the world. So that's yeah. where I got the bulk of the rest of my responses. Yeah. Was from, from but it, would be, it, would be, it would be very curious to do this on an annual basis. Well, I've done it for to the see, last two years. Right. So, to see, yeah. like, at what point does it 
trend off or is it going to just continue? Because regardless of whether people keep taking them or not, it's in their system. It would be very curious at the end of this year to see if that number went down a little bit or if it stayed the same to see how long that, I mean, that could give some insight as to how long it truly stays in the system. Yeah. I would probably try again next year to do the survey, but like I said, I kind of shamed the, the, uh, funeral director associations in my last email to them because I told so them can't. frankly in my last email I usually send out three emails when I do the survey one at the very beginning one mm -hmm. midway through you know encouraging them to please participate if you haven't answered already yeah and then one near the very end with about a week to go and this last one on my last one of the week to go my third and final email to them I said hey the Pennsylvania funeral directors association is kind of putting the rest of you to shame you know yeah and I got responses from several of the embalmers saying, well, I'm not going to respond to your survey now because you were rude to me, so, basically. So oh like like I burned a bridge with it. I, yeah. they, they had no intention to take the survey in the no, first place. They, they just they wanted didn't. to insult me because they. Exactly. I think they felt ashamed that they did not yeah. participate. And they're keeping this secret, right? This is a yeah. horrible secret that's going on, this unusual clotting. And I get it. They're afraid, right? They, they see doctors and, you know, getting their licenses pulled, board certifications taken away if they speak back against the vaccines. Yeah. And, and part of the reason I think a lot of these, I think I think some of these embalmers, or, or not embalmers, but the funeral director association presidents and the funeral directors themselves, I think there's two main reasons that they, they, they did not participate in the survey. One is a lot of these uh, funeral directors and the association presidents who are funeral directors themselves, you know, they elect one of their own as uh -huh. a president of their organization, they probably mandated that all their employees, including their embalmers, take the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, so would you want to participate great... in a survey? Yeah, would you mm -hmm. want to participate in a survey that might show there's a link between the vaccines and the formation of these white fibers clots and the microclotting and all these wow. other issues? You might be setting yourself up for a lawsuit, right? Oh, yeah. One of your wow. employees is injured by the vax. Yeah. Also, as I said earlier, 80% of Americans took at least the first couple jabs themselves. Yeah. So so many of these uh, funeral director association presidents and funeral directors may have taken the jabs themselves and may have their own personal cognitive dissonance. Maybe they don't they don't want to know the answer to the survey. So true. I mean, I, I think there are I mean, I've known people who've taken it and then they regretted it. And then it it does. It becomes very difficult to be able to. They want to know the truth, but they also don't because they've already taken it, even if they only took one, even if they've been fine for a year and a half, you know, yeah. sometimes, yeah, they don't want to know the truth. Well, and Peter McCullough is worried. He's worried that people, even if they've taken one jab, that, that if that mRNA is active and gets in there, it could stay in the body indefinitely producing spike protein. Right. The good news is, is if you've taken one, that's better than taking two because it looks like Absolutely. the shot, it, it, there is a cumulative effect to it. The more jabs you take, the more yeah. danger you may be in and loading Man. yourself up with spike protein. Yeah. So what are what are your plans now in the future going on with all of this? Well, continue to go on shows like your thank you for yes. letting me reach your audience and, and try to get on as many shows as I can. I'm yeah. trying to get some of my big power players that I mentioned earlier to get me on some larger shows. Yeah. With can you imagine the day that you get to be on mainstream to expose this? It's it's gonna come eventually, I believe. Well, you know it. what's I funny is as last August of last year, so that's like six, seven months ago. I went down to Alabama and I, I interviewed along with Mr. Richard Hirschman. We both interviewed with famous TV reporter, Cheryl Atkinson. 
for her show Full Measure. Cheryl Evans Cheryl, used to be a Miss America. Yes, Cheryl. Cheryl, um, uh, you know, has a TV show nationally syndicated. It goes into 43 million homes around the U.S. called yeah. Full Measure. It's a half-hour TV show, usually on Saturdays or Sundays, usually in the mm -hmm. morning or late evening. Mm -hmm. And Cheryl interviewed in person both myself and Mr. Richard Hirschman. But do you know that 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 uh, interview? Neither of those interviews have aired yet. And I think the reason is, is Cheryl's under pressure probably from the stations that she shows her show on, right? Yeah. We're all sponsored by Big Pharma, right? CW, yeah. uh, ABC, you know, all these channels that her show comes up, comes on. Yep, and probably was worried. Yeah. It, well, it's true. You get shut down. I mean, you know, when you start talking about this stuff, you've got to make a choice. Are you willing to me, it's not, it should not be a hard choice. Do you want to tell the truth to people or do you want to be part of hiding something that's documented fact? Like to me, I mean, that's not even a choice. And, and, and you're right, because the, the sad thing is, is Big Pharma's not stopping, Tanya. No. They're, they're, they're rolling out shots in the next couple of years using the same mRNA lipid nanoparticle technology for things like right. the flu, shingles, right. RSV virus. And Moderna's got like 40 shots in the pipeline, mRNA based for all yep. to go into your six month old's arm and everybody yes. older. So if, yeah, if so indeed, imagine what we're going to yeah. see if we don't teach people and educate. And again, this is you, you didn't even put in there anything about COVID. It was nothing about the. It was just, have you ever seen this before? Well, what's the common denominator? There's only a couple things that happened. So now people know you can make your own decision and people can still choose that. Nope, I'm going to take the risk. But at least now you've been warned. At least people have been given the information, because if you if you just refuse to be educated, then that's a bigger problem as far as I'm concerned. Like, at least be educated and then make your choice. Amen to that. Wow. This is fascinating, Tom. Thank you so much for doing all of this. I mean, this is a lot of work. Um, and thank you so much for being on my show to share with my audience because this is a real deal. People need to realize what's going on out there. Good grief. Hmm. Wow. Well, thanks, thank Tanya, you. for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining the show today. As you know, we finish the show every day with a scripture. And so today's scripture is actually Revelation 2.14, which I, I think, you know, this just at least gives us some peace. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the former things have passed away. So this is a lot of heavy information we've given you, but you know, on this show, God comes first and he has promised he will wipe away every tear and there will be no more death. There will be no more mourning someday when we are reunited with our King and our maker. So thank you so much for joining the show today. Please share this with your social media and your friends and your family. And if you are new to the show, please make sure you hit subscribe, like, follow, and all of those good things. God bless you. And we will see you next time. Until then, bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.